Rick Gray, former three-term mayor of the city of Lancaster, recently sat down with me to chat about his years leading the Red Rose City, Pennsylvania's eighth largest city. We talked about his love for Lancaster and his sadness over the loss of bipartisanship and civility. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome to Brews and Views. I'm Matt Briat, president of Commonwealth Partners Chamber of Entrepreneurs. I am in downtown Lancaster, and I am at the Prince Street Cafe that was started in 2006, and that date is important for my guest, uh, former mayor uh, of Lancaster, Rick Gray, who was mayor from 2006 until uh, 2018. A uh, good 12-year run. Yeah, it was. <laughs> well, it I, was appre- fun. I thank you for uh, joining me uh, uh, here. My pleasure. Well, and uh, this place is a coffee shop that's been around uh, really during your tenure, but there's been a lot that's happened in, in the city. But before we get into that, Mayor, um, talk about uh, where you grew up and how you ended up here in the city of Lancaster, because I know you weren't born and raised here. Yeah, well, I grew up in Pottsville, uh, the gateway to the Anthracite region. Went to high school just outside of Harrisburg, Camp Hill. Uh, my dad was transferred uh, by Ma Bell to Harrisburg when I was in high school. Went to American University undergraduate and have been a lifelong lifelong student of American government and American history. In fact, when I was in high school, I used to get the congressional record on a daily basis. And I just found... <laughs> That's kind of nerdy. <laughs> I just found a few, a few months ago, I found the charts that I used to keep on how every senator voted on different issues uh, with either a red mark or a blue mark, uh, whether it was right or wrong, the way they <laughs> voted. You know, so I was really into, into American government. So I went to American University in D.C. And then the question was, are you going to teach political science or are you going to uh, become a lawyer? And I went to Dickinson Law School. Uh, was in Vista upon graduation, went to Pittsburgh as a Vista attorney making forty-two fifty a week representing poor people. People asked me how you could live on that amount of money. I told them <laughs> it was more than I ever had before. From there, uh, I met uh, the love of my life, Gail, while I was in Pittsburgh. And the Java Tri-County Legal Services Director, which was York, Lancaster, and Reading, opened up. I applied for it, moved here in 72, in fact, moved into the same house we still live in, a row house in downtown Lancaster, and uh, that's sort of how I got here. Well, let, let's go back uh, to, to growing up. Were your parents uh, politically active? I mean, how did you have this uh, interest in, in politics at an well, early age? My dad was a uh, sort of Northeast Republican, socially progressive, uh-huh. fiscally conservative, which I think it's a pretty good description of me now. I'm uh-huh. just not sure there's any place Party for. <laughs> I'm not sure there's any place for me anymore. Uh, my mom was a rhino. Uh, should agree with my father on everything, and then tell me she was going to vote for Kennedy. Uh, they they were certainly interested, and certainly there were a lot of discussions, but uh, nobody ever told me I had to be anything specifically. Is as long as I was informed, it was okay with them. So was there any time when you were thinking, you know what, I want to run for office. I think that that would be uh, uh, something to pursue. When I was in high school, I, I used to get the congressional record and uh, 
I viewed myself as a potential senator in those days. Uh-huh. Uh, today, I would no more want to be in a legislative <laughs> body than be the man on the moon. Uh, but in those days, I really thought that's where I belonged, was in the Senate. And so as you're practicing law in the city of Lancaster, at, at what point did you uh, say, you know what, I think I can run this city? Of course, uh, Charlie Smithgall was the uh, your predecessor, mm-hmm. uh, Republican. Um, you run as a Democrat. Um, what was it that caused you to say, you know what, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and I think uh, I can do a better job? Well, a number of things. I had run for judge on one occasion. Uh, Democrats didn't have any candidate for years and they asked me to run. I ran, but I ran on the basis that I wouldn't take an endorsement from anybody. I wouldn't accept any money from anybody because I knew I had very little chance of winning. But I just felt because well, of the re- Republican registration yeah, uh, in the in the pretty much yep. so. I mean, the bar association uh, rated me highly qualified. They rated my opponent highly qualified too. He's a great friend of mine, Jay Oberg. But I, I had been chair of the Democratic Party in the 80s, the whole county party. And in those days, to be a Democrat in Lancaster County was, you could say anything, you could do anything you wanted to, because you weren't <laughs> going to get elected to anything. We worked on that, and that changed, especially in the city and now in the townships immediately surrounding the city. Uh, they're more bipartisan now than they used to be, but. I was approaching 60, and I uh, said to my wife and my law partners that my practice is lucrative, I'm making money, but I'm just not happy. And I felt really I should get involved in some policy thing. I, I should give back to the city some of what it gave to me. I, I raised three kids in the city. They went to the city schools. They all graduated from, from college. So I, I thought, well, I talked to my partners and told them I, I'm either going to run for mayor and if I lose I'm going to open up a public interest law firm or if I don't run for mayor I'm going to open up a public interest <laughs> law firm uh, uh, when I hit 60. So That was that. that well, was what that. were the issues that you ran on? You remember back in uh, 05 I guess it was right? Our slogan was leadership for a change and we felt that the city was like a, a ship that uh, can't be brought into dock really that didn't really have any leadership that was just sort of happening around uh, there wasn't any direction provided there should be a strategic thinking on things strategic plan where do you want to go how are you going to get there what are the indicators that you were successful or not and in fact uh, Charlie Smith goal the first time I ran against him when they asked him for his leadership style he said it was whack-a-mole that, uh, you know, a problem arises and you hit it and then another one arises. And that was pretty much what we thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reactionary, that, not proactive, right? That's right. Yeah. Rather than think about where you want to yep. go, think about what just happens to be on your desk that day. So it was more of an approach than anything else. Mm-hmm. And what were the, the challenges that you saw at that time and uh, how did you tackle them uh, in, in thinking about your achievements uh, uh, you know, wh- what was it that uh, uh, you said, here are the priorities that we have to address for the city? Well, development of downtown was one of them. And to give him uh, fair credit, Charlie Smithgall had really uh, worked with some people to get the hotel convention center sort of in line. But we were in the middle of nine lawsuits about it. Uh, we couldn't bring it all home. That was really our top priority was mm-hmm. to finish the beginning of downtown and the renovation and revitalization 
of downtown. I used to tell people, I used to complain, well, there's not enough going on in the neighborhoods. And I tell them, show me a city that was revitalized from the outside in. It has to start downtown mm -hmm. because this is everybody's neighborhood. Everybody in this city owns downtown. And there should be something in downtown for everybody. So the thought was, let's concentrate on downtown initially, not forgetting our neighborhoods, not forgetting safety issues, not forgetting environmental problems that we have, but concentrate initially on downtown and hopefully it'll spread out, and it did. Well, when you bring investment in, that's uh, what ultimately will uh, create all, you know, the, the ripple effect, yeah. I guess, yeah. And people always used to ask me, well, you know, is this sustainable, is that sustainable? I used to tell them, uh, if somebody can make a profit, it's sustainable. <laughs> if they can, it isn't. And it was always my view that if somebody can make a profit, let the private sector do it. You don't need the government doing it. So do profit's it. not an evil word for you. Not at all, no. With profit, money will make you do funny things like go to work. Yes, yes. Uh, so I don't have a problem with people making profit as long as it's not exploiting someone else for the profit. The entrepreneurs, if you look in downtown Lancaster, the small business people, they're the honest-to-God capitalists. That's right. They put their own money. They That's put right. their own sweat. They put their hours into things. So recognize them for what they are. And really, uh, with downtown, I used to say our job was to level the playing field, mow the grass, and get the hell out of the way. <laughs> really, yeah. And hopefully someone would come in and see an opportunity. That's a large part of what happened. Well, and I know that this is why I was sharing with you before we started recording that you have a lot of fans that are Republicans in the city because I think of that mindset of recognizing that, I mean, frankly, there is no public sector without a robust private sector, yeah. right? There's no resources to spend on public safety, infrastructure, unless yeah. you've got profits being made that are taxes yep. are being paid from. Um, it's kind of a, I think we've sort of seen a disconnect between that and a lot of the discussions happening today uh, politically uh, that we're kind of saying, well, capitalism, uh, you know, entrepreneurship, uh, those are being demonized, uh, unfortunately. Not by me. I know that. I know that. And that's why it's, it's wonderful to hear that, which is all, I guess, um, I do want to talk about where we're at today, you know, relative to the partisanship and uh, the, 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 like you said early on, um, you're not sure if you're in either party uh, nowadays, uh, given some of the positions some are taking. Uh, but wh where do you? Where, what's your thoughts on today's environment? Uh, and you even mentioned how you wouldn't want to be in there today. Uh, uh, explain that. Well, I'll, I'll use as an example uh, Senator Smuckers and my relationship, and Senator Armstrong. Senator Armstrong was in when I first got in. He's a good close personal friend. We Re Republican from Lancaster County, Republican. Senator Gib Armstrong, yep. Yeah, and uh, a and great... And Senator Lloyd Smucker, who's now Congressman Smucker, right. right? We worked together and we put aside a, a lot of issues that are the divisive issues. I'm not going to convince any either of those two on my position on abortion. Mm -hmm. They're not going to convince me. So like, let's talk about something we can work on together. Both of them took the approach that if it was good for Lancaster, in a positive sense, and the Commonwealth, then they'd work with me on it. A good example is the CRIS, uh, Community Revitalization uh, uh, Improvement Zones. We worked with Senator Smucker 
who worked with Senator Brown, who's a Republican senator from the Lehigh Valley, to develop a special program. Now, Governor Wolf doesn't think much of it, so he hasn't expanded it. But it's only Lancaster and Bethlehem have it. Mm-hmm. Last year it meant six and a half million dollars for development in Lancaster. Now, in Harrisburg or in Washington, six and a half million dollars is park change. Right. In Lancaster, it's That's a difference money. between something <laughs> happening and not happening, where a developer can get to a point where he's maybe a hundred thousand dollars short, or she needs some guarantee on something. We can do that with Chris money, uh, and we can aid and supplement uh, what's happening in the private sector. That came about because it was my idea based on something they were doing in Allentown. I ran it by Senator Smucker. He bought into it and talked to Senator Brown. We hired a lobbyist who's worked very closely with us on it, and it took us three or four years. But without Senator Smucker, it never would have happened. And without me, it wouldn't have happened. And without Senator Brown, it wouldn't have happened. Now, do you see those things being sustained? Uh, because I think the challenge is uh, frequently that um, if the private sector, and you, you can appreciate this, isn't investing in it, they don't see the sustainability uh, of these projects. And so sometimes these public uh, projects um, are more the idea of of politicians, if you will, rather than the entrepreneurs that have to sustain it over years. Yeah, I do see it as sustainable. I mean, our private sector were, was a big help in getting that. But I'll give you an example. Penn Square Partners just built a new tower uh, for the uh, Marriott Hotel downtown here. Had about 300 rooms. They had an additional 100 rooms. It was a huge bolster to uh, uh, to development in downtown Lancaster. Mm-hmm. I'd say, and this is a guess, I'd guess probably a quarter of that new tower was paid for through Chris money. Mm-hmm. Would it have been economically possible to do that without some assistance from Chris? Possibly. Would it have happened, the additional 100 rooms? Probably not. Mm. So. There you have the private sector doing some things in the public sector, being able to support them in a way that's meaningful for the benefit of the entire community. Will somebody make profits off that? I certainly hope they do. (laughs) It's more tax revenue at the end of the day, right? I hope so. Well, that's the other thing. With the CRIS, it doesn't affect property taxes. In other words, you don't abate property taxes. So if someone improves the building, and the property taxes, the, the appraisal value goes up. There's additional uh, property tax income that comes to the city, which, of course, is a problem in financing anything in the city mm-hmm. is the property tax and the limited way we can raise money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what were some of the things that uh, you hoped you had gotten done during your 12 years as mayor that uh, you're hopeful that your uh, successor uh, will, will find uh, success in? One of the biggest problems our city has being an older city is a combined stormwater-wastewater system. And it's, uh, I know it's not the most exciting (laughs) thing, but it's millions and millions of dollars. When it pours rain, the rain goes into the same stormwater-wastewater system. Our uh, plant can't handle it, so we dump raw sewerage into Mm. the Conestoga, which goes to the Susquehanna, which goes to the Chesapeake, 
which puts us on the hit list. Many older cities have the same system. We signed a consent decree, and I put consent in quotes, decree with the EPA after a couple of years of negotiation. This will continue to be a problem mm. for the mayor of the city of Lancaster. And, of course, one of the problems is our, the way we divide government jurisdictions up. We spent a whole yeah. bunch of money in Park City when we put in a stormwater fee of hydrologists telling us, well, the water from this parking lot ran into Manheim Township, and from this area ran into Lancaster Township, and from this area ran into the city of Lancaster. Now, why are we wasting taxpayers' money trying to figure out where stormwater runs. <laughs> well, we're doing that because we're responsible for the water, the stormwater mm -hmm. that runs. You know what Balkanization is? Of course. In the Balkans, they call it Pennsylvaniaization. <laughs> they say it could always be worse, we could be Pennsylvania. There's 60 municipalities in Lancaster County, 16 school districts. What an yeah. incredible waste of money and lack of ability to coordinate what you're doing county-wise. It's just... Well, you probably know this, but Pennsylvania has the second largest number of governmental units in the country. Uh, yeah. Illinois only is the only state that has more. Uh, and of course, their financial situation. Not sure it's directly related, but um, certainly I know that it makes a challenge as I, I talk with entrepreneurs that are trying to deal with multiple governmental units. It's uh, crazy. Yeah. Th do you see that there is there a solution to that, or is it hey, everybody has their own little fiefdom and they don't want to combine well, or... There's been some real development right on the edge of the city recently. Two big shopping centers, uh, a Wegmans. You could throw a rock from the city and hit them. The city gets no tax dollars from it. Mm. If they would move across the street, the city would get all the tax dollars from it. And they the probably wouldn't have developed, though, as, as well, right, given uh, some of the tax structures that they would have uh, been well, subjected to. the city's to. taxes yeah. are higher. Yeah. They right. are higher because the people from Manheim Township and East Hempfield come in and use the city mm -hmm. resources. They make their living in the city. Then they drive home where the wage tax is paid at their home address, where the property tax is paid there and really expect us to provide all the services to them. It's totally out of whack. And the whole property tax is based on the feudal idea, feudal in the sense of history, feudalism, yes. yeah. that if you own property, you have money. Well, come door to door with me in some neighborhoods in Lancaster, and you'll meet an older couple that's been in the house for 50 years because, quote, we would always have a roof over our head, end quote, and the guy's working as a greeter at Walmart to pay the property yeah. taxes. I mean, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It is ridiculous. So how you do it fairly, how you divide it up is worthy of discussion. But as soon as anybody talks about taxes, everybody looks at their wallet. <laughs> oh, I'd pay more from that. Yeah. I'd pay, you know, that's not uh, to my advantage. Rather than the public good. Yeah. Well, do you think we're going to uh, ever be able to tackle those things, or is it going to have to reach a point where you start seeing a, a city declaring bankruptcy, saying we just can't pay our bills, whether it's from pension costs or... You mean uh, Harrisburg? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, everybody's close to it. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I know you'll cringe when I say this, but in the 12 years that I was in office, I raised taxes more than 50%. Mm-hmm. 
I did. And I mean, uh, people would say, well, it must be tough for you to have to cut services or raise taxes. And I said, you know, we're doing both of them. Uh, we have 145 police officers in the city. Last time I checked, York had 100. Is that too many police officers? Well, you never know when you have too many, but you know when you don't have enough. Right. Same with firefighters. We have 70-some full-time firefighters in the city. Uh, it costs money, and you can scrimp and save, and you can cut personnel and cut personnel, but at a certain point, you end up with a place that people don't want to live in. Yeah, those are those are obviously the, the challenges that I think every uh, city is dealing with um, because you certainly have lots of folks that don't live in the city coming to work in the cities, whether it's a York or a, a Lancaster. Or with the restaurants. Yeah. Somebody yeah. told me there's close to 100 restaurants in the city of Lancaster. Uh-huh. Well, the residents of Lancaster don't support uh-huh. 100 uh, restaurants. People come from all over central Pennsylvania. Even I have friends that come down from New York to eat in Lancaster. Mm. So, you know, what do those restaurants give back? Well, the property tax from the property they're located in. What else? Well, see, this is where I think one of the principles that I've always uh, pushed for is that people should pay for the government that they use uh, and that our revenue sources for government services ought to be tied to the people who are utilizing them. And for me, a lot of this is, you know, this this is kind of the grandiose of let's stop sending all the money to Harrisburg to divvy back up to the municipalities and counties. But maybe there's a, a revenue structure that ties it closer to the government that is serving people. And uh, Chris, yeah, that's well, what the Chris is. The Chris is a tax increment program that if you do development in, in the Chris area, which is 130 acres, a piece here, a piece there in this city, not necessarily contiguous, but if you do development in that area and state taxes, liquor taxes, mm-hmm. sales tax, income tax are increased, you get the increase. So that stays right level. there in your, yeah. So state. make this whole state a Chris is what you're saying. saying. These are some of the, the governor <laughs> doesn't like it. And the, the governor, uh, he says it fosters competition between cities and he said you know we need full property tax reform and I said okay I agree with you mm-hmm. now you might also think we need single payer yeah, for health care right. too but what are you going to do in the meantime <laughs> right uh, I said if you're worried about competition give every city in the state a Chris mm-hmm. let everybody do it mm-hmm. it's not costing the state any money it's only the money that uh, accrues because of development in that area, mm-hmm. we get it back so we can use it for additional development. It's been a great catalyst for the city and will be for the future. If there's any one thing, other than the attitude of the people, if there's any one thing that uh, I left the city of Lancaster, it's the Chris. That'll, mm-hmm. that'll go on for another 20 years. Well, one of the legacies you also left was that you were scandal-free, which, you know, isn't like oh, look at us, uh, but when you look around Pennsylvania, you've seen uh, that cities like Lancaster where a mayor or somebody is either in jail or uh, scandal-ridden. Uh, there was none of that during your administration. Well, how did how did that, was that something you set out at the front end or, um, it, I mean? Well, I said when I was first elected that I would never ask for a salary increase and never thinking that I was going to be there 12 <laughs> years, but... Uh, uh, I didn't. 
Yeah, uh, once you say that, uh, you're, you're you stuck, right? You can't take yeah, it that's back. Right. It's right. tough. You know, it was in a weak <laughs> moment. But I, you know, the other thing is I didn't have any political ambitions. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be anything else other than the mayor of mm -hmm. Lancaster. Mm -hmm. That was fine with me. And people would come to me and, oh, why don't you run for state senate? Why don't you run for this? And I used to tell them, never run for anything you wouldn't want to get elected to. <laughs> uh, so that three you, you couldn't know, walk to harrisburg from your home where you could walk to city yeah, hall exactly right? yeah. <laughs> I, I could walk to the train station though <laughs> the other thing uh, with financing campaigns the artists in the city of lancaster and lancaster has a huge art community we held an auction every uh, election we'd make maybe sixty thousand dollars in a night mm. on auction items uh, art Though I still had to ask people for money, and that's the worst part of politics. Uh -huh. That alleviated a lot of pressure on me from raising money. So you weren't having to go to folks who then wanted something from the city, uh, which uh, I think is what got a lot of folks in trouble. Oh, you know, it's funny. Uh, one of the fellows that was doing lobbying for us, I had dinner with him this summer. And we were talking, and he said, you know, I tried to give a contribution to your campaign. And he said, I've been a lobbyist for, I don't know, decades. <laughs> and he said, I called your treasurer and asked him where I send it. And he wanted to know why I wanted to contribute to the campaign. He said, well, I do lobbying for the city. And the treasurer said, we won't take the money. Uh, <laughs> first time a lobbyist had ever been declined. Well, that's uh, what he said. He said it was the first time it ever happened to him that he wanted to write a check and was told, no, we don't want your money. You know, I knew I know all the guys that have been in trouble and that have had problems. And it was a combination of uh, greed and hubris, really. Uh, you just stay too long, I think, uh, mm -hmm. really, in a place. I used to give lectures on leadership and one of the well, talks, I should say, on leaderships. And one of the points I used to make was, if you like the title and if you like the deference you get and, you know, yes, your honor and all this <laughs> stuff, but you're sort of tired of the job, get out because you're about to make a damn fool of yourself publicly. It was unfortunate that you would see that happening. Yeah. Uh, and it gives all politicians a bad name. Sure, sure. And, and, you know, there are a lot of people involved in politics that if you look below the surface, aren't just interested in their own future. Mm -hmm. There's too many that are just interested mm -hmm. in their own future, but there's an awful lot that want to do some good and want to make, a, really, the country, the city, the county a better place. Absolutely, and I think that uh, you were a model of that, Rick. Oh, uh, I appreciate uh, you know, I know that. a lot of folks uh, that, uh, from the other side of the aisle, political party, appreciate your leadership well, and how you performed as mayor. On the local level, What's the Republican position on clean streets, and what's the what's the re, yeah. what's the Republican position? Sewers that work and police on potholes. Yeah. You know, police. Yes. And, I mean, you, you leave all the ideological stuff aside, mm -hmm. and that's why even today, when I see mayors that have a real ideological bent, be it liberal or conservative or whatever, I think you got to leave that in mm -hmm. a, any room really, and get in, and you're there to run a you're there to run a, a government. And provide services. That's what we're interested in the mm -hmm. local level. The services that can be provided, the quality of the services. That's what defines really success or not, in my opinion.
Well, that's, uh, that's a great note to end on because uh, we need more of that, of people that are just committed to how we govern, whether it's our cities, our state, or our country, um, rather than uh, a lot of the hyper-partisan activity that's going on, I think, to our detriment. Um, yeah, on both sides, I yes. think it is. It's really, it's unfortunate. Uh, I mean, I have friends who are dyed-in-the-wool Republicans that we don't talk politics anymore mm -hmm. because we know one or the other is going <laughs> to get upset or get mad about it. I don't want to get too partisan now, but the tone that the president sets, in sure. my opinion, bleeds down. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not acceptable to be calling people names or... It's just, uh, it gets you nowhere, really, Yeah, and other than an enemy. Well, and hopefully we can restore some of that civility that, uh, so. that, that you demonstrated, and hopefully we're demonstrating right here on this podcast. Well, again, we haven't disagreed on anything. That's right. Other than our right to disagree. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Rick Gray, uh, former mayor of Lancaster uh, the City here, uh, thanks for joining me here on Brews and Views. Aren't, aren't you going to ask me what the toughest thing was in 12 years? <laughs> that, absolutely. What is that? Being honorable for 12 years. That's tough. <laughs> well, you're still honorable, uh, so appreciate that. And uh, thanks again for joining oh, me. Oh, sure. Thank you for having me. You bet. You've been listening to Brews and Views, a production of Commonwealth Partners Chamber of Entrepreneurs. Find us on Facebook at Commonwealth Partners and follow Matt Briette at M-A-T-T-B-R-O-U-I-L-L-E-T-T-E. -T -T -E.